Hi, everybody. This is Marna Thal with the Thin Within podcast, where I give you mental secrets for weight loss mastery. And many of you have said to me, Marna, why don't you take your weekly Facebook lives and put them on your podcast? So here is this week's Facebook Live. Hello, everybody. Hello. How are you? I'm really excited to be with you. I'm so excited to talk about the topic of parts work today. I think it's a really important topic. I think it's a really important therapeutic model to know and to start to incorporate into your life, into your world, into the work that you're trying to do as it relates to weight loss. So let's jump in because this is a really cool topic. And I do a lot of parts work around the area of emotional eating, self-sabotage, and looking at conflict. So let me go through what parts work is. It is a therapeutic model. I use it more in the coaching realm. But there, it's, the idea with parts work is the idea that we have different parts of ourselves. And in these different parts of ourselves, and they can be working together, and they can be working separate. Now, if you look at the psychological model and, and therapists who use this model, they oftentimes believe that your parts come from your family of origin. That's pretty interesting just to know. But from my standpoint and what I work through, because I am not a therapist, even though my background is psychology and education, I like to really hunker down in the coaching realm. Like, how do we use parts work to actually get you results for your body, for losing weight? And where can we use parts work in an area that may be tripping you up? And I see things that trip people up with emotional eating, with self-sabotage, with negative thinking, um, with overeating. We can use them in lots of different ways. For those of you who don't know me, I am Marna Thal, and I do these every single week, and then I post them on my podcast, and I've been helping women for 23 years lose weight and heal their relationship with their bodies and with food. And I am so excited to be talking about this topic of parts work today. So when it comes to parts work and it comes to losing weight, one of the things that I want you to be aware of is there's a part of you that really wants to lose weight. And I want you to write down, what does that part of you want? What is she craving? What is she needing? What does she say to you that she's wanting and craving for you and your body? And I want you to really get clear of that. And that's what I do in my free course. I walk you through how to create the thin vision and a thin identity. And in the area of self-sabotage, you say you want to lose weight. You say you want to make a difference for your weight and your body. And yet, you end up self-sabotaging. You end up doing the opposite thing or not following through or getting frustrated with yourself. Why does that happen when you keep telling yourself this is what you want? And you can feel that conflict. You can feel when you're in that zone, you can feel the conflict of parts work at hand. Can't you? 
don't you feel that when the parts of you are in conflict? Don't you feel frustrated? Don't you feel angry? Don't you feel your body is just not doing or your mind's just not doing what you want it to? It's pretty frustrating and it's pretty difficult to navigate. So parts work makes it easier. Parts work believes that we can have these different parts of ourselves and the more we work on these parts in being harmonious and working together, the more we're going to see the results that we want, the more we're going to get the weight loss, the more we're going to achieve our desired goals and dreams for our lives, for our body, for anything. It doesn't matter. It can be the fear of money. And yet you want to be wealthy, and yet you're scared, and you see this conflict, and so you keep staying stuck. And the same thing can happen with our bodies. We want to really lose weight, and yet you're so scared of what weight loss will actually mean for your life. And here's what I see a lot. Many clients coming to me and people scared of what weight loss actually will mean for their life. Not the results, not the end results of of being lighter, leaner, healthier. That's usually pretty exciting, but there's sometimes this unresolved conflict in your mind about what you believe weight loss is actually going to mean for your body and for your weight. Like, is it going to be hard to navigate weight loss long term? Is it going to be challenging for you to stay in the realm of your weight loss results? That's what often gets tricky. So when you think about losing weight and being in your ideal body, are there thoughts about, oh, my God, this is going to be hard to maintain it. This is going to be challenging. This is going to be difficult. Do you have those thoughts that come up? Like, oh, my God, I'm only going to be able to have salads. Or, oh, this is going to be so challenging because I'm not going to be able to go out to eat as often. Or I'm not going to be able to drink. Or I'm not, 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 not. And those nots feel overwhelming, especially in the evening, which is when many of you find yourself turning to food and overeating because you're exhausted. And then you think, oh, God, if this means I can't eat whatever I want, forget it. If weight loss means I'm having to give up something like food that's so near and dear to my heart, that's so important to me, then I don't want it at all. And there's this conflict. And there's a part of you that wants it and a part of you that thinks it's going to be way too hard. And the work that I want to do today is looking at that part of you that thinks it might be just too hard to lose weight. And really looking at, well, then you have the wrong model for weight loss. If you think it's too hard, then it's going to be too hard and you're going to suffer. If you think it's doable, if you believe in yourself, if you find simple, easy ways to start making uh, a dent in your weight loss, you're going to see yourself achieve. And so I want to encourage you to look at what have you been trying to do to lose weight? Is it too hard? Does it fit in your life long term? Can you do this very thing well into your 90s? That's how I remember thinking about this. I remember I would think about my grandma and be like, my grandma do this? Could she do this? 
Is this something I could do long term? Because if it wasn't something I wanted to do long term, why was I doing it now? Changing your mind, you have that forever. Working through challenges, facing those fears, having the ownership, doing the parts work, doing the work, listening to your body, all of that can be done well into your 90s to stay naturally thin. And you know why I know? Because I've interviewed hundreds of naturally thin people in all different ages, in all different walks of life, and that's what they do. They listen to their body, and they separate their emotional world from their physical world. And today we're talking about that emotional world. When the emotional world and the physical world, like hunger and food, when you emotionally need food, you don't physically always need food. And that's when they need to be separated. And parts work. You start to look at what's the part of you that really is craving something. What's the part of you that's scared to lose weight? I want you to write this down. What's the part of you that's either scared to lose weight or scared to keep it off? Is there a part of you that thinks this is going to be so stinking hard? Then there's something wrong with your model. It requires dedication and focus, but it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't mean you have to give up all food groups. It doesn't mean you have to be sweating bullets for hours a day at the gym. It doesn't mean those things. But maybe in your mind it does. Maybe in your mind you're making it really hard. It's really painful. It's really difficult. And so no wonder you have a part of you that's like, I want to lose weight, and a part of you that's like, it's going to be hard. And so, of course, they're in constant conflict. And that's frustrating. And that doesn't work long term. So the idea with parts work is starting to blend these two parts of you together. So one of the things when I start saying things like, this is so hard, this is going to be difficult, I don't know if I can do this, I start looking at my words. I start looking at my phrases. Those of you who are in the inner circle, we're doing this right now. We're looking at how we question ourselves and the questions we use to lose weight. And the things that we're saying to ourselves matter because what you say to yourself gives your brain the direction of where you're going to go, whether you're going to succeed or whether you're going to fail. So your questions matter. The parts of you matter. If you have a part of you that's trying to take you out of the game because she thinks it's going to be way too hard to lose weight, it's going to be so uncomfortable, she's going to work hard to say, come on, let's go eat. Let's go do this. Come on, let's let's not lose weight. It's too hard. Come on, let's do what's easy tonight. But if you can tell that part of your brain that it's not hard and what do you need and how can we make it easy for you and, yes, this is doable and here's how, and you work with these parts, what starts to happen is you start to blend these two. And then there's no longer conflict. And you know in your body when you've just made that decision on something, maybe you've been like, where am I going to live? Or what am I going to do for a career? Or how am I going to navigate my kids in COVID? Or whatever it is that's causing you all the stress. Do you know that when it's that stress is you bouncing the ideas of a solution in your in your head back and forth, and you don't feel resolved. You don't feel like you've made a decision. But do you know that feeling when you've just made that decision and you're like, ah, oh, then what happens? You just let it go. 
no longer are you stressing out about it. You're like, oh, I made the decision. Great. I know what I'm going to do. And when it's a decision that is in alignment with you, you just feel it. You're like, oh, yes, this is my, this works for me. This feels good. That This is the right decision. Your body knows it. You feel it. Your mind can relax. In the same way, when you start working with the parts of you and you come to a process of losing weight that works for both parts, at least for me, when I started listening to my body, I was like, oh, I don't have to fight myself anymore. I don't have to. It's just like that decision was made, and in making that decision, all I have to do is keep recommitting to that decision. Does it mean that I'm perfect? No. Does it mean that I don't have overeats? No. Does it mean that there aren't emotional triggers? No. Those things are all there. But now I have a strategy to navigate and move through it easier and faster so I don't gain all this weight and struggle and struggle and struggle. I can quickly pop up a few pounds and go down. It's incredibly fun and exciting to start looking at these different parts because they're different parts of you. And uh, when it comes to emotional eating, one of the work that I do in the emotional eating, I have a course called the Emotional Eating Healing Experience. And one of the things that I do is I have people go through in that program the part of you that wants to eat and the part of you that wants to be thin and healthy and vibrant and feel amazing. And we actually personify those parts of ourselves. We say, okay, that we name that part of you that feels light and healthy and wants to be thin and feels energetic and beautiful. And then we name that part of you that's the overeater and the binger and that turns to food. And just by personifying them, we can start looking and asking each part of ourselves what each part needs and then how they can play nicely together, how they can work nicely in your brain together. And I've found that when I make things too hard on myself, I resist and I turn to food. The other thing I notice is that the more I make things easier and doable for my brain, like, okay, Marna, are you willing to, instead of eating late at night, are you willing and just sticking your bag, your hand in the bag and just eating mindlessly? Marna, are you willing to take out seven M&Ms and, or 10 M&Ms or whatever you want it to be and have them in a nice, beautiful glass dish? And eat those really, really mindfully when your body's hungry after dinner. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited to do that. I can totally do that. Yes. So that's the cool thing about this is that all of a sudden I can let that go. I don't have to worry about my evening because now I have a plan. Now my brain can take a break. For some of you, it might make sense to go, okay, here's what I'm having for breakfast, here's what I'm having for lunch, and here's what I'm having for dinner. And you just lay it out in the morning because guess what? Now you don't have to think about it anymore. And for some of you, you love that. For others of you who are like, whoa, plan, but in laying out this plan, it actually stresses me out because I see inside of myself I want to rebel, then that's not the strategy for you. This is your brain, and your brain is going to do what your brain 
is going to do. And we can work with your brain in such a powerful way to get it to lose weight when it feels like it's not in resistance, when it feels like it doesn't have to fight anybody or anything. And the more you feel connected to that part of you that I call her your inner two-year-old in my world of thin within, we say your inner two-year-old, that part of you that wants what she wants when she wants it. When you connect to her and you don't make her wrong anymore for wanting food, for wanting to just play and party and have wine and drink and do all these things, when you stop making her wrong and you start looking at what she needs and how she can still play and have fun and party and have a good time, but maybe she can do that in a way that will also work for losing weight, you've got a winning solution. You don't have to resist anymore. You don't have to fight with yourself anymore. You don't have to struggle anymore. Do you see that? And do you see how cool this is? I hope this helps you to begin to acknowledge and see where you can start to use parts work in your life very simply to start asking each part of yourself, the part of you that wants to lose weight, what does she need? And then asking and looking at the part of you that keeps self-sabotaging you. What does she need? What does that part of you need? It needs to sleep. It needs to relax. It needs to reduce stress. It needs, I don't know. It needs to have fun. It needs to play. And then when you start looking and working with these two parts and bridging these two, okay, how can we get play in the evening? How can we get play in the day? How can we get more fun? How can we socialize and be vibrant and alive and know that we're still listening to our bodies? That one doesn't have to go without the other. That's where transformation lies. It's so stinking cool, and it's so powerful to use parts work, and I love it. And I love the difference that it makes for people. Just doing a little parts work here today can help you really blend these two parts of yourself. So stop pushing her away. That actually doesn't ever help you. And what I see most people want to do, many of you have done this too, right? You just want to push her away. Stop sharing. Stop telling me what I need. I'm just going to fight against you. you. You're saying you want to have fun and party. You say you're wanting this and that and the other. I'm just going to fight you. But instead... What if you just acknowledge her? Say, what do you want? That part of you that really wants to eat late at night. What are you wanting? I'm wanting fun. I'm wanting connection. I'm wanting play. I'm wanting sex. I'm wanting something. Then address that thing. And say, okay, are you willing to not have this food tonight and in, an, in addition, we'll try out taking a lovely bath. We'll try out some of these things and see how it goes. And you see, and you go, okay, that didn't work so well. And then you look at, okay, I got, I'll get better at that part. I'll get, I'll get better at talking to her. I'll get clear in my mind of what it is that she needs. And you just practice. It's like if you were going to learn how to play a ukulele, you would just need to practice. And in the practicing, you would make mistakes. And then you would find strategies and tools to make it easier and to learn better or learn faster. 
So it's the same thing. Some of you will go, oh, tried it once, didn't work. No, keep coming back. Listening to your body and honoring it. Oh, didn't work. No, you didn't work it for long enough. There are times that I see that some of you are just like right about to explode in your weight loss, in your transformation, in your body transformation, in the results that you're seeing. But that you're trying, you're going, you're going and going, and then you give up. Ah! And that's so painful to see because you're almost there. Don't give up because this works, this works, this works. So what questions do you have for me? I'll start reading some of your posts here. Um, and feel free to ask me any question you have. I'm willing for my inner slim who is both excited and at peace about this work, to get to know my inner two-year-old who thinks food is a self-protective device. Why? What is she needing to self-protect you from right now? If there's been trauma, abuse, that is very, very, very oftentimes the case. Our our inner two-year-old trying to protect us. Okay, create a barrier, create safety, and we're going to do that by creating weight. But when we start really asking the right questions, what does she need? Who is she trying to protect herself from? We see that some of that protection is old, old stuff. That's your two-year-old stuff. It's not your adult stuff anymore. And so we tell that two-year-old, I'm an adult now. I got you. I got you, two-year-old. I've got you. I'm protecting you. You're safe. And when you feel that inner feeling of feeling out of control or not feeling safe, it's then that part of your adult self to then let that two-year-old self know she's safe, she's okay. And you can literally just close your eyes and go, you're okay, I got you, you're safe. Before we were getting ready for school, um, one of the things, my oldest, she always gets a little anxious. And she's very, she will think through everything. And she had a whole plan for how she wanted to get ready for school to start. And she got off track because my husband was like, hey, can you get this? Or do you mind doing this? And she was like, but my plan. And she was feeling really anxious about it. And so I came in and I was like, what do you need? How can I help you? What can I do for you? I got quiet. And I became helpful to her. And then I just kept saying, are you feeling okay? Are you feeling more in control? Are you, you feel like we've got a plan for tomorrow? And I said, what's the worst that happens? You don't have the paper. You go get it. You don't have what you need. You write a little note to yourself to go get it when you have a break. It'll be okay. So in the same way, when our head starts going crazy and anxious, like that inner two-year-old getting anxious and worried and fearful, depressed, any of these things, if you get quiet and relax that voice and relax that need inside of you and hear it, all of a sudden you're in harmony. Okay, I got you. It's okay. I told her. I got you. Give me a hug. I got you. We'll figure this out. I got you. What can I do to help you? It was very comforting to her. It felt very good. And we all need this. 
don't we? We all need that sometimes where we have partners or loved ones or family or friends who say, I got you. What do you need? How can I help? Oftentimes you hear people who are going through really traumatic things and all they want to hear is, what can I do to help you? Can I just listen? Can I just hear you? Can I bring you a coffee and just listen? Right? Oftentimes it's all we need is we need to get it out. And that inner two-year-old needs to get it out. So if you keep saying no, 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 and you resist her, she's going to just get louder and louder and louder until you're fighting and you're at odds. And then you're eating or binging. And so listen to her. She has a lot of important things that she can help you with to heal your relationship with food. Write that down. Your inner two-year-old is valuable in that she has a lot of different tools and needs and can help you lose weight. So let her in. Stop fighting her. Work with her. I'm sorry I'm new here, but how do you girls arrive to understand all this? This is definitely mind work that I'm talking today. Baseline, we start baseline, and then we go deeper and deeper and deeper, learning about how your mind works, and then integrating these parts and these pieces, okay? So I know this can be like, what? I thought I was going to talk about food. Well, we don't really talk about food like what to eat here. We talk about your relationship with food and the part of you that wants food, that's craving food, that's needing food, or at least it feels like it, how to navigate that. And so it's a really good question. So because we lay out a lot of these this foundation in a lot of different ways, then we build. And so you're right. Today I am definitely talking more in this esoteric, therapeutic, high-level integration of these different parts. So all I want you to know for today is that you have a part of you that really wants to lose weight and you have a part of you that doesn't. And she can get loud and yell and just pay attention to that part of you and see if you can calm her down through your breath and relax her, okay? Self-protection from bullies, old, old stuff that gets repeated. Yes, it's old. Are you having bullies now? Are you dealing with that now? So if you're not dealing with it now, then you know this is way old stuff. And so telling yourself that you're safe telling yourself that you're okay, telling yourself you do not need food to nurture you anymore. You don't need that nurturing. You've got it. You have the tools. You are powerful, and you're amazing, and you are safe, and you have the tools to work through that need that you feel instantaneously for protection. Kathy, I love this. First I trusted Marna, then I met these lovely people and learned to trust them too. We are all in this together, and it's a safe place to be. Oh, that's so beautiful. That makes me so happy. As a nurse and a home visitor, that is all I did for others. But I don't do it for myself until last month. I've never felt better. I love that. That gives me goosebumps of turning it onto yourself giving yourself the time, looking at your needs, addressing those needs. That's what a lot of times our 
relationship or out-of-control relationship with food is really about. It feels out of control because there's something inside of you that's really just needing to have a conversation and to look at your life and to put some things in place and to give yourself more of what you crave. So we also have these parts. I'm a daughter. I'm a wife. I'm a mother. I'm a sister. I'm a business owner. We have all these different parts of ourselves. And I really encourage you to use this work in other areas of your life because if you use it here for your body, it's like how you do one thing is how you do everything. That's right, sensing. How you do one thing is how you do everything. So if you use it for your body, all of a sudden you'll see, oh, I'm using this also for my career. Oh, no wonder why work is going so well. Oh, no wonder why I just got a raise. Oh, no wonder why I'm feeling better as a parent. Oh, no wonder why my family is working together. So you can use this in so many different ways. But I hope for today you start looking at the part of you that wants to lose weight. What is she excited about? What does she need? What is she feeling? And then the part of you that self-sabotages or overeats or binges. What does she want? What is she needing? What is she craving? And then looking at how can these two, how can you put together a plan where both sides are happy? And you know when they're happy when you just go, oh, yeah, those 10, those 10 peanut M&Ms in a glass jar, that's great. That'll work tonight for dessert if I get hungry. And then I can let it go. I'm not thinking about it. I'm not worrying about it. I'm not needing to binge. I'm not needing to sneak eat. I'm not needing to think about any of those. I don't want that. I just know, yeah. If I get hungry after dinner, I've got a plan for, for having some sugar if that's what I want. I think we all hold on to stuff. Sadly, the bad stuff is easier. Yeah, for sure we hold on to things. Absolutely, 150%. And what I like to do now, though, as an adult, is looking at if I'm holding on to something, is it, one, benefiting me in my life? And, two, is there something to forgive inside of me holding on to that? Because we know forgiveness allows things to go. So for some of you who may not love how your parents parented and you're holding on to anger and frustration and, and feelings of resentment and it keeps coming into your life, and then maybe you go, okay, what is there to learn inside of this relationship? What is there to forgive inside of this relationship? And then what I find is, is just going, oh, or what is there even to understand inside of this relationship? And for me, I go, oh, I understand that my parents were just trying to do their best. I understand that my mom was 22 when she had me. She was young, and she was doing her best. Am I going to be angry at her forever because certain things she did or didn't do? No, she was just trying to do her best. Let it go. I've let it go. And if it comes up, I work through it, and I let it go. And I could do the same with other people, friends, whatnot, experiences, traumas, abuses. Some of us have gone through some pretty significant things. How do I let it go? Today is the one-year anniversary of my car accident, which is kind of emotional for me because I've been through a lot physically because of it. I can hold on to the anger that somebody hit me and was out of control with their car. I can 
understand or look at, mm, maybe was there drugs involved? Oh, did she really have a seizure? Oh, was she just being careless? Oh, did she look down at her phone? And my life is now different. My body and my pain is different. I can be angry at that or I can look at it and look at it from this vantage point. What is there to forgive about it? What is there to understand about it? Well, my understanding is my body and my mind are the most important things that I can take care of, hands down. It also allowed me to realize what is important, what matters. Thank God I'm alive. And three, it also allowed me to look inside my business and say, these are the relationships that I want. I want to have relationships. I want to be more connected to people. I want to be loving people up. I want to get people the best freaking results that I can possibly get them. And I want to do it through relationship. That is what the accident has allowed me to see. And this year has been a rebuilding because it's been an interesting year because there are times where I'm on my back. If I hold on to the anger of the woman who hit me, what is that going to do except just make me really mad at her, right? It's just going to make me angry. And it's not going to let me move on. Now, some would say that I still haven't moved on. It's true. I'm working through it. I get it. It's been a year, and I'm still emotional about it. It's a process. So with that trauma, with any pain, with what you've gone through, please ask what's the learning, what's the forgiveness inside of this, and are you willing to let it go? And you may for a bit, and then it may bubble back. And you look at it, and then you have the same conversation. What do I need to learn about this? What am I looking to forgive inside of this? And you just keep going through it. Okay, because we build these parts, right? I now have a part of myself that's been through it a really serious accident. I share that also for you to look inside of your life and go, wow, there's been some stuff that's happened. And am I still holding on to it so tightly? Am I white knuckling it with anger and sadness and pain? Or am I ready to let it go? I can't let go of my grief and sadness. Okay, sometimes the fear of letting go of grief and sadness is that you're going to let go of your son or the memory or him. And that's, the, that's more painful than anything, which you won't, of course. But I want you to think about being open to moving through your grief and sadness. Being open to moving through your grief and sadness and do absolutely everything you can to keep your son's memory alive. Whether that's starting a foundation, whether that's starting a community, whether that's starting something he was totally passionate about, okay? Because if you say, I can't, then guess what you're doing? You're not open to any other option. I can't lose weight. You're not open to the opening or the option of losing weight. And right now, you may not be open to the option of moving through your grief and sadness, and that's fine as long as you are clear about that. That's fine. Sometimes we are not open or willing. And then at other times, it, there's an opening in our life to say, I'm open to forgiveness. I'm open to the healing. I'm open because my son is gone. And so I can live in constant grief and sadness and pain, which you might, 
Or there might be a day eight months from now, a week from now, four months from now, three weeks from now, where the day is just a little tiny smidge better. And you in that moment might say, I might be open to going through this grief or going through this pain or moving through this. And never will I ever, ever, ever let go of the love that I have and you still have and you still have together. Okay? But that's a very, very painful, I mean, I can't even imagine. But I just know in the power of words and how they affect your brain, continuing to say that will keep you from having the connections and love and healing that you are capable of having. It just might mean that right now you're not willing and that is fine. Now, if it overwhelms your whole entire life like grief can, then you look at, are there, is there ways to get the support of other people going through grief? Is that helpful? Or a therapist that can give you that time to go through the focused outpouring that you might need to navigate through that. I want to lose the weight to like myself again. I should do it in his memory. I would imagine, and it makes me really emotional to think about, that Anybody who would love you the way you deserve to be loved, and it sounds like you and your son were like that, would be happy to see you to like yourself again, would crave that for you, would want that for you. Could you imagine your son being like, no, no, mom. No, mom. Keep gaining weight and being in pain. Mom, I'm still here just in a different way. Yes, it hurts like hell. Yes, I know you are upset. And yes, I want you to love yourself and feel good in your skin. Yes, absolutely move forward and toward it. And don't use food to suffer through this pain. It's not going to help. Write about it. Talk about it. Share it. Share my memory. Share how amazing I am. Share all of those things. He would want you to love you up, to look beautiful, to be, to feel pretty, to like yourself. What better thing to do in memory of your son? And just know he is there, I believe anyway. I believe he's there energetically, feeling, liking, connecting, seeing it all. And do it for yourself too. Because the most important thing, like Kate just said so beautifully, is that you are losing weight for you because you matter to you. You deserve it because you deserve it. You feel it, and you deserve to feel good. Okay? So we talked about some pretty heavy things today. It's not always like this. But this is real, and food plays in to all different parts of our emotions. And so it's so important to do the inner work because we have a stomach and we have a head for a reason. If we didn't get these signals of hunger, why were they given to us? We have these signals to listen to them. We have the brain that goes that interprets those signals and goes, oh, I'm hungry. So keep listening. Keep learning. I know you all are here because you love to learn. I'll kind of explain my company. There's a 30-day challenge that kind of lays the format of everything. It's 30 days, it's intense, it's fun, and people get awesome results. We talk about honoring your body, right? We talk about that in relationship to how to be with food. But we also talk about 
emotional eating in your inner two-year-old. Then there's more intensive training that is the home study course that's six months long. If you do the more intensive work or you just sign up for the inner circle, this is what we do in the inner circle. We get together two other times and we do this. That's why some of these members, these women you see are so tight. They've been working through this since they started the 30-day challenge in January, and they've stayed with me, and we just keep hanging out, and we're working through all our stuff together. That's how it all works. So, and then there's been an April um, 30-day challenge, and a bunch of those women said, oh, my God, I want to keep working on this, or I want to do the home study, and then they're here. And then there's some people who say, okay, Martin, I want to be a private client. Oh, and they're here. So that's the community that we have inside of the inner circle. And every week, I come right in here on Wednesdays on my business Facebook page to say, hi, and let's talk about something that you need. Let's talk about something that I typically take a topic that Inner Circle members or my private clients are sharing that they want and need and are struggling with, and we address it in here as a topic because I'm sure that many of you need it. For those who are new, new, I think it's just important. That's kind of how it works. That's how we lay out things as of right now. And the next 30-day challenge is going to be, I think we're going to be doing it in October. So I hope that helps. It's really, really fun. Um, so have yourself an amazing, amazing day, everybody. Here's the one thing. Notice your parts. Notice that part of you that wants food. That is a part of you. Don't make her wrong. She's not bad. She needs something. She needs something. So listen to her. Take care of her. Nurture her. Integrate your parts. The more you integrate these parts, the less struggle you will have. You'll be in a harmony. You can have your cake and eat it too. You can when it comes to losing weight. Stop thinking it has to be hard so that you keep self-sabotaging. You can integrate the two so it's much, much easier. And that's the work we like to do in the inner circle, and we do here, and we do in all these different areas because I know that a confused mind or a mind that thinks it's too hard, hard will rebel. All right, everybody, start integrating your parts. Start recognizing what they are first, and then integrate, 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 and don't make any of those parts wrong. All right, everybody, I'll talk to you soon. Bye.